You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 96 of the Comic Book Informer podcast, closing in on 100. That's so exciting. Anyway, yes, we're is. coming to you. I haven't thrown it to you yet. Come on, man. Ruining my what, intro. I, I, <laughs> dude, I was saying, I was agreeing. I was being agreeable. <laughs> I was on pace to not screw up the intro this week. <laughs> That's highly unlikely. I saved you the embarrassment I had a good, because it was coming. I had a good feeling. <laughs> Right. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, we're coming to you on Wednesday, October 17th, and we are officially now in the Marvel Now era of comics. And that's what this whole episode is talking about. And we're leading off with the first Marvel Now issue that has released, and that was last week's Uncanny Avengers number one by Rick Remender and John Cassidy. And I'm actually going to throw it to you to get kind of your early impressions of uh, what you thought here. Okay. Again, this might be because um, we're still because we didn't enjoy AVX. <laughs> we're, we're of the few apparently who didn't enjoy AVX. Still feeling that burnout. So, case in point, like I was reading some other issues that were still, of course, touching on um, the AVX stuff, and I just was not enjoying them. And it's not because they were poorly written or anything. It's just. It's like, ah, I'm so looking forward to something else at this point. And and so as I'm reading this, and I know it's you have to expect it, of course. And it's the the trying to build a new team and you're dealing with the funeral for Xavier and things like that. And it's like I did not personally enjoy this all that much. And it's not to say anything bad about Reminder's writing. Well, I mean, we've Christ, we've waxed poetically about his writing on how many episodes now. So it's not that, but I really, I wasn't digging it. And it was, I don't know, there were too many little things here and there that were just part of it again is because of that burnout for AVX, mm-hmm. but part of it is just, uh, I, I'm not feeling it at all. So I, I actually really didn't enjoy this. I agree with you on a lot of those points. It definitely would have helped the series to hold off a few weeks instead of it coming out the week after AVX. You know, let people kind of settle from from all that. Give the, uh, the the consequences miniseries. Give that a chance to play out its story, and then bring in you know the the new title. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of weird to start up the new title while you know everything's still kind of going on and the well consequences yeah. is just just started. Um, I think it also would have helped that. As much as I really enjoyed Logan's eulogy at the at the funeral, that really well written, great aspect of Wolverine's character, I think it would have better served this comic if that had been somewhere else, you know, in Consequences or you know Wolverine and the X Men somewhere else, and given this comic more time to focus on the new team. This is what exactly. we said, it, it, and you know we've kind of bashed DC for this because it's you know, what they've done, but <laughs> here, here it is here, you know, the first issue, and they've, they've introduced most of the characters of the team, but you know they're all doing their own thing at this point. They're, they're haphazardly around. So it, it just felt like it was part of, of a decent story, and, but it never quite came together as like one really good first issue. And we've talked about that so many times. Was this the one issue that someone's going to pick up and start buying this comic regularly? And there there was some stuff here. Um, 
the new villains were pretty interesting, but they were just showed up for a couple pages, did some stuff, and then left. So there's there wasn't enough of a hook there. And then, I, as cheesy as it was, I really loved that last page. <laughs> just it, really, it, it, it was it just in its <laughs> just in its old school, over the top, glorious cheesiness. Like I was like, okay, it, it, it's I, I've seen stuff like that so many times before, but. I, I can't help but but at least smile at that. I mean, come on. Spoiler alert, guys. You have the yep. red skull holding Charles Xavier's brain in the air. I mean, that it's ridiculous, but for me, it's that good kind of ridiculous. I, uh, I'll let you have it. But I personally, even by that point as well, it was like, um, no, nah, I again, I just. I wasn't feeling it, wasn't digging it. I, like you too, the, it was too haphazard, too all over the place for different things. And I felt that for, I, again, maybe I'm looking at this wrong. Because yes, it is supposed to be an X-Men and Avengers team. So it's not just one or the other. So maybe it is right that they spend an equal amount of time on both of them. But, you know, you read Uncanny Avengers, you're expecting an Avengers team. And so there was a lot here with Xavier. Like you're saying that given the the seriousness of the, the subject matter, the death of Xavier, that belonged in mm-hmm. an X-Men title, in my opinion, Absolutely. not a blend. So and, and again, I wasn't as crazy about his whole speech. I wasn't as crazy about, uh, again, I, I, <laughs> part of it I'm certain is this burnout that I have from mm-hmm. AVX because I have gone back and read all of them just to make sure that I'm up on the continuity and, and you can't make fun of me for not knowing what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, and then in the same week too, I read, uh, I did read consequences as well. So again, it was like back to back. I'm going, good Lord, I've had it with this. I need to read some DC. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. <laughs> All right. The one last thing I want to touch on before we move on here is is the art, and of course, John Cassidy's amazing. The, the the whole comic looks great, but the one thing that that's kind of sticking with me is the new character designs. Like it, Captain America looks cool. I love Scarlet Witch's new outfit. I mean, anything's better than her old stripper costume. But the others, like Thor, the 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 costume was all right. I don't know. He just he seemed a little wimpy, and I know that's going to make you laugh, but. <laughs> You know, when I when I picture Thor in a comic book, I picture, you know, this larger body type, you know, you know, a, a big powerhouse. And he was just, you know, he was still big, but not as big as, you know, you you would traditionally picture Thor. He likes latte. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Havoc. I, I, I love that they're, they're taking his costume back to like his old school interpretation. Just having the, the little head thing painted onto his cowl just looks goofy. I love the having the circles back on his chest, though. And then Rogue. Like, Rogue has evolved as a character so much over the last couple of years where to the point where she can now control her absorbing power. She doesn't need to wear that head-to-toe body-covering outfit anymore. So going back to that, it it, it just kind of annoyed me a little bit. Yeah, why why wear the gloves now? Yeah. They, I don't get that anymore. We, we, just for I, style? I, I, well, you saw in the, her X-Men Legacy costume. Yeah, you know, she was still wearing like the long gloves for style, but you know she had no sleeves, so she had the long. But then, gloves and it, it looked okay, and it, it was all right. 
But then whenever she needs to use her abilities, she needs to take the gloves off. It kind of slows down your pacing when you're in the middle of a fight. If you have to go, oh, hold on a second. It's, the pinky's stuck. It's, it's <laughs> kind of like CSI Miami, how David Caruso always has to walk around wearing his sunglasses so that he can take yeah. them off at the proper dramatic time. <laughs> but uh, Do the music right here now for CSI. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, some some good going on, some not so good going on. But again, based on the strength of the the, the creativity here, I, I'm not ready to write it off at this point. But I definitely oh. felt they could have done far better to, as the big launch of their new line. I mean, you're talking about art. <laughs> you read AVX Consequences, right? I don't remember any of it, but I did. <laughs> oh, dude! Oh, the art! Oh my god! The art. <laughs> some of it was all right. Some of it was even good. But some of it, like the shots of Cyclops, made him look like this dorky five foot nine, you know, well, hundred and forty five pounds. It's he's <laughs> if you look at his rap sheet, he's like six three, a hundred and what, ninety five pounds or something like that. Right. And yeah, and so well, that's right from the Marvel site. I was actually on there today looking at stuff and I saw that. Um he just looks like this really granted those red glasses aren't helping them but still but i mean there's one panel and you'll have to pull up your issue and look at it so that you know what i mean there's one panel at the very end not the last panel with wolverine but the one oh spoiler there folks <laughs> but the one wolverine's in the comic no on way the other page bottom right hand corner final panel on that page where you just see a side profile of cyclops and it's like Somebody somewhere, an editor, something should have gone back to him and say, you're drawing that panel again. I don't care if it's going to take, I don't care if the issue is going to be late coming out. Oh. You're drawing that panel again. Why, why does he have an extra cheek? He's yeah. The face is all <laughs> weird. It looks like it'd be some weird Ren and Stimpy cartoon thing. Like what, how, what is that? And his neck is completely gone. <laughs> I don't get it. So, yeah, so the art in the Uncanny Avengers was amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the only uh, actual comic currently available that we're talking about. But I wanted to go ahead and take a look at what's coming up for uh, Marvel now. I, mean, I remember we did a lot of this for, you know, the New 52 and how excited we were for some of those new comics coming out. Yeah. So I think it would be an interesting counterpoint before we read them to, to kind of get a to kind of get a feel of what we're looking at here for Marvel now. So we're starting off with the all-new X-Men comic uh, by Brian Michael Bendis and Stuart Amonin. And I, we've actually touched on this previously, I think. Now, the comic is going to be about the original five X-Men being time-displaced to the modern world and seeing what their lives have become and how there's definitely a lot of possibility there for some interesting storytelling. That is right now the one that I'm the most excited for. And I know that I've I've complained about the the time travel thing and whatnot and the continuity problems. Oh, the, 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 like that. Yeah. I yeah, I, I but I'm willing to accept it now. And and looking at the lineup, with the exception, of course, of Spider-Man, with that notable exception, in terms of the X-Men titles, this is the one I'm the most excited for because of what Bendis can do with these characters and by taking them out of their far different world, much more, you know, simple still and, and whatnot. And then throwing them in here where 
not only will they have to deal with everything that's going on in the world, not only are they going to have to deal with the consequences of AVX, but they're also going to have to deal with the seeing who they have become as well, especially Cyclops. And I was reading on the Marvel site uh, what he's planning, what Bendis is planning for, for Jean Grey and how he is seeing her as the most interesting character right now and how immediately upon arriving her telepathy telepathic powers are going to jump in whereas back in that time she still hadn't gotten that mm -hmm. and yet as soon as she arrives it's going to be boom she's going to have that and in literally a moment she is going to experience everything that's happened read everybody's mind and get to see everything not just again the avx but her death the dark phoenix stuff i've died how Scott? many times <laughs> yeah really so He's going to have a lot of fun with her. But again, I'm looking at all the other characters as well. And the potential for fun is there. As long as it's well-written, I'm thinking that's going to be one of my favorite series this year, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something to look forward to. There. Yeah. All right, moving on, we have the Avengers title, the proper Avengers by Jonathan Hickman and Jerome Opeña. And... Hickman. I mean, <laughs> there's not much yeah, more really. I need to say at this point, but he is taking the concept of Avengers and going huge with it. You know, he really wants the Avengers to be a global team. And like he said, the, the cast is going to be somewhere in the 20s as to how many characters he's going to be rolling with at any one time. Again, not all in the same issues. He's going to, you know, pick and choose as is needed, tell some stories to some characters. He said the first three issues is just this huge, ridiculous team story. And the next three issues are single issue stories, just focusing on, focusing on a couple members of the team. And that's what we really enjoyed with the, the Fantastic Four stuff, how you could have the really big stories, but interspersed, you just had these really good single character driven issues. That was so fun. Well, not just that, but I mean, let's look at a lot of the other series that are out there, which try, and I, I stress, try to do the same thing, where they have these massive epic stories, and then try to toss in a few single issues, or maybe one or two kind of issue story arcs, and they often will fail at it, and yet Hickman handles it like it's nothing it doesn't matter if it's this massive story arc that involves hundreds of people or if it's a story driven character driven i should say um issue like what we saw with the thing where reed is going through time to see all of the various iterations of the thing as he's aging kind of thing like there's so much power in those single issues, just as much power in his massive story arcs. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at him with this now and the fun that he can have with a variety of characters from the, the Avengers roster, not just, you know, the Fantastic Four and the Guardians of the Universe and stuff. There, there's no saying what he can do with this. Yeah. And just taking a look at the roster, there's some interesting stuff. Here. I mean, of course, you have all the characters you would expect, Captain America, Hawkeye, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Captain Marvel. But you look, and he actually has Sunspot and Cannonball from the New Mutants on the team. That's an interesting dynamic that I'm looking forward to seeing. And then also talking about, you know, going off into the from there, how obviously he wants to add some diversity to the team. Uh, and they're talking about uh, bringing in some new female characters, uh, a, the new uh, leader of the Shi'ar Imperial Guard, and even bringing Hyperion into the team. I'm not even going to get into the concept of Hyperion, but go Google him, and you'll find out why it's so interesting that he might be a member of the Avengers. So there's a lot of really dynamic characters that are going to be coming together for these stories. Yeah. Very much looking forward to it. All right, keeping with that, New Avengers, also by Hickman, with art by Steve Epting. This is going to come back to the Illuminati concept, which is something Bendis came up with 
years ago for the new Avengers. And it was a cool concept. It just never quite worked overall for me. But anyway, you have the the people who are kind of controlling the Marvel Universe from behind the scenes. And currently for the for the Marvel Now run, that's Captain America, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Black Bolt, Namor, that's going to be interesting, and Black Panther. And that's actually pretty uh, cool because when Bendis first introduced the Illuminati, they invited Black Panther, but he refused to join because he didn't want to see – he saw it as betraying his friends and, you know, but now he's coming in because, well – We've seen what happened to Black Panther. <laughs> and then I also said uh, Mr. Fantastic and Beast are actually going to be involved with it as well. So I'm not as excited for this as I am for regular Avengers, clearly. But, but it, it, I, it has I possibility, be- but I'm, I'm a little tentative at this point. See, I am just because of, again, it, it, it would depend on, on, on who you gave this to, which writer you, you assigned this to. But knowing that he can handle... Um, character-driven stories and relationships between characters as well, very well. And that's important. When you're looking at this type of series and you're looking at who the cast is going to be, what they've just gone through, um, you can tell how there's going to be a lot of relationship issues there that are going to have to be worked out. And this is going to take a long time. So... Taking all that into consideration, I'm seeing this more as a series that's going to be all about the characters. It's not about huge, massive story arcs. I'm sure that's going to be in there. But it's going to be so character-driven that you're going to read it because you love these characters and how they're interacting with each other and how they're going to work around all the crap that they just went through. So I am I am actually really looking forward to this one. Okay. I said it, it, I'm not set- – you know, writing it off, but compared to a number of the other comics, it, it's it's top ten, let's just say. <laughs> All right, moving on, we have Captain America, written by our, our favorite writer Rick Remender, with art by John Romita Jr. And I, I have to feel bad for Rick Remender <laughs> at this point because <laughs> he's taking over from Ed Brubaker, who has one of the all-time greatest runs in the history of Captain America. But he's seeing that as a challenge, and he really wants to put his stamp on the character. Well, he's no slouch either. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he's, <laughs> I'm sure it'll come out all right. But they're making movies out of what Ed Brubaker has done. So. <laughs> but he's taking it in a different spin, taking it to the old like Jack Kirby uh, 70s style stories where it's, you know, a lot more sci fi oriented, which had a cool aspect to it because still Captain America is just a normal guy. And you put him up against, you know, Nazi robots and space aliens. You get a different dynamic to the story than Ed Brubaker's, you know, spy you know, sort of stuff he was doing. My only concern there is going to be uh, John Romita, uh, one of the greatest artists of his generation, but last couple years, I really haven't liked a lot of the stuff he's done. Yeah. Well, we'll see. All right. Uh, quickly, Deadpool. By, yeah, very quickly. <laughs> by, Moving on. Written by Brian Pesane <laughs> and Gerard Dugan with art by Jeff Darrow and Tony Moore. I really can't say much more than it's a Deadpool comic written by guys who have never written comics before. However, for Deadpool, that's not exactly not, not a, a, a negative. So yeah. we'll see. No, you may see. <laughs> you can't even make me read this. <laughs> we'll see about sorry that. Sorry to the writers, but I'm sorry. God, I've got 
after the run of Deadpool stuff we've read lately, with the exception of the the few things like what Mayberry did and what we saw with him in in Uncanny with Remender, I I've got next to no interest in the character. Okay. I mean the the stuff in Avengers. Oh, dude, I I I haven't or not Avengers, Avenging Spider Man. I haven't read that second part. Or, yeah. I am <laughs> no. not going to. <laughs> All right, Fantastic Four, written by Matt Fraction with art by Mark Bagley. So. It's going to look great and it's going to be pretty awesome because Matt Fraction is really grasping onto that concept. He said when they said, what do you want to do with the Fantastic Four? He's like, what's your inspiration? He said the Incredibles. The Incredibles was the best Fantastic Four story uh, in a long time. <laughs> and he, but he wants to take that concept of this family doing these incredibly amazing things that has always been part uh, of the Fantastic Four and really make that the core of the story. Well, Hickman kind of strayed from that. He he did do a lot of that, but he also strayed from that when he started bringing in, you know, the Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy and Spider-Man and all this other stuff. So it kind of strayed from that. Which wasn't bad, but... No, of course it, not. At, but like when each writer takes a, a different interpretation, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, coupled with that, we are continuing the FF uh, by Matt Fraction with Mike with art by Mike Allred. And basically, this is the team that's staying home doing the stuff while the Fantastic Four is out having their great adventures. And the Fantastic Four B team, and it consists of Ant-Man, She-Hulk, Medusa, and somebody called Miss Thing wearing... What the hell is this? This, this, is, <laughs> this is what happens when you give Fraction a piece of paper and go, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not even that. That's not what FF was. FF was about the kids. This is not. This is completely different. Why call it FF then? I. It's not. No, this is wrong. <laughs> I'm. I'm against this. Put it down on paper. I. I think this is crap. I don't care if it's fraction or not. Come on. This is. This is another one that's going in the wait and see pile. <laughs> Miss thing. Seriously. Come on. Is it really the craziest thing you've ever read? (laughs) Borderline. (laughs) All right. We have Indestructible Hulk written by Mark Wade and art by Lenel Yu. And this is another one that could be really cool, but has a strong chance of kind of going awry. Uh, We've seen, you know, Greg Pak did amazing work on Hulk. Jason Aaron came in, took his interpretation of the character, which we personally did not like very much at all. Started all right. <laughs> so now we have Mark Wade bringing a different spin on it, where he's establishing a new relationship between Banner and Hulk, and the story is actually very focused on Banner himself, and how he's trying to turn the concept of the Hulk from what it's been for decades now of a curse into something positive, and he's actually trying to use the Hulk for you know good purposes instead of just destruction. So there's a lot to work with there. We'll see. <laughs> That's all you're getting that, out of me for that. Listen, for the longest time, I've never really enjoyed Hulk in a solo comic. I mean, of course, you throw him in there with the Avengers and it's nothing but fun. But as I said, Greg Pak was really the first writer in a long time to really make me care about Hulk comics. So it, it's going to be hard for another writer to really bring me in. Yeah. All right. Here's your favorite one. Thor, God of Thunder. <laughs> Written by Jason Aaron, with art by Esad Ribic. And I, again, I don't want to say, oh, it's a very different take on it. How he's really grasping the concept that Thor is this immortal character and using that for storytelling, where he's telling stories across millennia 
where we're seeing the young, hot-headed god, uh, you know, early on. And we're seeing the great hero that he is with the Avengers, and then dare, down at the tail end, the the aging king of Asgard. So he's really taking Thor and pushing it in a direction nobody has done before. But it's still Thor. Okay, Iron Man by Kieran Gillen and Greg Land. We actually don't know a whole lot about what they're doing here. Uh, from what everything I've seen, it's pretty much your traditional Iron Man of, oh my god, technology's gone awry, Tony Stark's here to save the day with a new suit of armor. And that's worked for 50 years, so <laughs> I, I, I really enjoy everything Gillen's been doing lately, so I really can't help but be optimistic about this one. Isn't this the one, too, that they said that he's going to be doing a lot more outer space stuff as well? I thought I'd read I could be wrong. Uh, there, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of questionable stuff with Iron Man and outer space that we'll we'll come back to in a bit. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I I know I read that somewhere. Maybe it wasn't for that series, but yeah, it's, he's going to be shoving them in space a lot more. And unfortunately, though, uh, we are not fans of Greg Land. Sorry. Yeah. All right, X Men Legacy uh, by Cy Spurrier, Michael Del Mundo, and Tang N. Huat. This one could be really interesting, uh, where it's yeah. it's focusing on the character of Legion, who we've seen periodically over the last several years, and how now with his father being dead, being Charles Xavier, he feels it's now his job to step up and become the new you know, the center of, of mutant society and really try to do what his father never could. And with all the stuff Legion has been through over the years, there's some really cool stuff that could happen here. Yeah, yeah, and especially because of his relationship with everybody else kind of thing and how that's going to work out. And then toss into that just the, the sheer power that he has. I Again, it's going to be interesting to see how this is written because it could go off the rails very easily. But, I mean, if, if he keeps it reined in, it could be very, could be very, very interesting. Yeah. All right, we have Thunderbolts written by Danny Way, art by Steve Dillon. Uh, I can't remember the last time I've liked something Danny Way wrote, but just looking at the lineup for this team, I can't help but be a little excited. I mean, come on, you have the Red Hulk, Deadpool, which, okay, Punisher, Elektra, and Venom. <laughs> I'll read one issue of that comic at least. It's just they're, they're trying to go with a red and black motif. I, I, That's I actually all that love is. that cover, though, where, where, where they took the, the, the Deadpool and Punisher costumes and replaced the, the white with red. It actually looked really cool. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, okay, moving on from there, we have Avengers Arena by Dennis Hopeless and Kev Walker. This is probably the most out-there concept they have that we've seen thus far, where they're taking uh, an assembly of the younger characters that we've seen over the years, from uh, the Initiative to uh, Avengers Academy, uh, the, the younger X-Men that we've seen in various comics over the years, and has Arcade, everybody's favorite villain from the X-Men, kidnap them all and throw them into Murder World, where they must now all battle to the death. And... Yes, this comic is very aware uh, of its interpretations and it's the things that it's taking inspiration from because you look at the first three covers and they're homages to Battle Royale, Hunger Games, and Lord of the Flies. So this comic knows where it's coming from and it's embracing that and I enjoy that. Huh? I, I'm going to wait. I seriously... Oh, I'm not saying so this much... is going to be amazing, but... Yeah, I... Yeah, I'll... it's just going to be hilarious on a weekly or on a monthly basis because every one of these characters has a really dedicated small following of fans. 
And we, you know, characters in this comic are going to be dying regularly as part of the plot. Every month is going to be hilarious to watch the websites. See, I'm seeing this is the very same thing as what we just had in the freaking X-Men, Avengers versus X-Men with this. Oh, let's just see them fight. And it's like, ah, yeah, I no, I didn't like it for that. I'm probably not going to like it for this. Okay. All right. Next one, we have Cable and X-Force, again by Dennis Hopeless, with art by Salvador Laraca, who is definitely one of my favorite current Marvel artists. And this is taking the concept of X-Force back to its roots with Cable. Uh, the team is consisting of Cable, his longtime ally Domino, Forge, who hasn't been seen in ages, Dr. Nemesis, and Colossus. That's a really crazy team dynamic. And basically, these are now the outcasts of the X-Men universe. Obviously, Colossus is wanted. Cable is doing his Cable thing and just going rogue. And they're just kind of working on the outskirts of the Marvel Universe, doing whatever it is they do. Again, we'll see with this yeah. one. I'm, I'm interested what he's going to do with... Um with uh, Colossus, of yes. course, in, in a very, very big way. But Cable, I'm kind of... I've never, uh... I've never liked Cable until his latest uh, ongoing, where he was traveling through the future with hope. That's the first time in my life I've actually enjoyed Cable. So, And even then, I wasn't, you know, terribly crazy about it. It was all right, but it certainly wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, a phenomenal kind of just, story. It's like a lot of the comics we're talking about here. There's a lot of potential here, but... We're, 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 we're keeping ourselves grounded. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Of course, though, we have Uncanny X-Force, uh, written by Sam Humphreys with art by Ron Garney. And looks like Psylocke is sticking with the team as the new leader, bringing along Puck from Alpha Flight. Uh, okay. Spiral, yeah. who is, wow. They're, they're delving deep into the Marvel handbook if they're bringing out Spiral. A female Phantom X? I, I don't know if that's Eva, or we're going to have to wait for Reminder to finish up his uh, X-Force. We know what's going on there. Interestingly enough, Storm. And as I said, the first villain they're facing is actually Bishop, who hasn't been seen in a number of years. But he, at some point, looks like will actually be joining the team himself. I, uh, I'm not going to stop liking that series. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where it's going to go. Uh, I, Sam Humphreys, uh, I've really been enjoying his work on... Uh, the ultimates right now too so yeah but i mean storm is the big thing there it's like yeah. whoa, what Listen, the crap when storm what when storm's it? rocking the mohawk nothing but good things can happen yeah <laughs> well i think that basically she's had it with the crap that she's putting up with right now mm -hmm. in x-men and it's like putting up with scots and now he's gone it's gonna be like screw it i'm doing my own thing i'm going <laughs> out and killing people <laughs> she's, she's got wolverine on speed speed dial for that <laughs> logan i feel like killing somebody <laughs> point me in the right direction <laughs> All right, we have our new Wolverine comic, Savage Wolverine, uh, written and artwork by Frank Cho. Uh, it's a Wolverine comic. We'll at least read one issue. <laughs> yeah, it's like, again, overkill with that, I think, but we'll see. And you're going to hate with me. Wolverine. But I'm going to hate you. One of my favorite or most anticipated comics of Marvel now was just announced a couple weeks ago, Young Avengers. Oh, of course. Written by Kieran Gillen, art by James McKelvey. Just like when I was talking about with Hawkeye, when Fraction and Aja get together, nothing but good things can happen. Same thing here. Gillen and McKelvey working together. Always fantastic. And it's taking, again, an assembly of uh, younger characters. Uh, Loki, uh, Kid Loki, of course, from Gillen's Journey into Mystery. Uh, Wiccan and Hulkling, as well as Hawkeye, who uh, the female Hawkeye we've seen in Fraction's comic, uh, the three members of the uh, previous Young Avengers that are available. Uh, Miss America from the, oh God, what, the, what was it called? Vengeance miniseries. And uh, Novar, who, you know, formerly Captain Marvel, formerly Protector, uh, now Outcast, And just, 
I hate to sound like a fanboy, but I really want to read this. <laughs> <laughs> you do sound like a fanboy. I know. But that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but he, what he said, Gillen's concept for the series is they're trying really hard to be heroes, but their youth and inexperience is going to keep constantly be biting them in the rear. And with these characters, not all of the characters, but I, I love Kid Loki. Miss America was really cool in Vengeance, and we've seen how awesome Hawkeye, female Hawkeye is, so there's definitely some good stuff going to be happening there. Well, I'll give it a shot, but that's all you're getting out of me. And then, of course, we have Superior Spider-Man coming, oh, being released <laughs> fortnightly. <laughs> <laughs> he is so awesome. Written by Dan Slott, art by Ryan Stegman, and we're also, of course, going to have uh, Giuseppe Comacoli and Umberto Ramos working on alternating story arcs along with Stegman. It's going to be awesome. It's going to start to finish. Awesome. And you know, how can it be anything else? If you saw on my Twitter the other day, I thought I knew exactly what was going to happen here. After New York Comic Con and Dan Slott just one by one, like lined up all my theories and shot each and every one of them down. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, the, the, the prevailing theory was that uh, at, this is a new Spider-Man. It's not Peter Parker for whatever reason. We have to wait until ASM 700 to know what's up there. So I'm like, oh. It's Marvel Universe Miles Morales. Nope. Nope. <laughs> because uh -oh. they showed the cover for the second issue and... He's white. Yeah, he's white. So, like, <laughs> maybe it's Alpha. Nope. Because they're not nope. going to hook a 15-year-old boy up with Mary Jane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm betting you it's, a, it's one of the clones. I, that's, well, that's where we know it's not at. Kane because Scarlet Spider is continuing uh, its run. So, unless there's a new clone... <laughs> There's got to be something. It, it it still has to be a version, a something of Parker. So I don't know what, if it's, I, 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 I'm not even going to have to guess. In terms of that, but it's going to be absolutely awesome. And I, I, I can't, I hate to say I love it, but I just love how much hate Dan Slott is getting for a comic that nobody has read yet. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> He's all he's done is drop a whole bunch of hints and misdirections like crazy, and people are getting pissed off at him. I think he's awesome. Dan, you are the man. <laughs> we want you on this show. All right. Uh, another Avengers title. We have Secret Avengers, written by Nick Spencer, with art by Luke Ross. And this is definitely taking the Secret Avengers to probably where it should have started all along, where it's focusing on Nick Fury Jr., uh, the newly... Uh, brought into comics, Agent Coulson, uh, Maria Hill, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. So they're really doing the whole Black Ops concept that Secret Avengers always wanted to do but never quite succeeded in. I just... Nick Spencer came onto the scene with a whole bunch of potential, and he had a lot of really great ideas for everything he wrote. Just I never saw any of those ideas come to fruition. <laughs> yeah. I love how Coulson is coming into the comic book, though. Yeah. Like, there's there's so much love for him, and so much, like, the fans were pissed off that he was killed off in the movie. Like, they were talking about that, too, how they're they're bringing him back for the TV show as well. And uh, they haven't said how, but he'll be back. So I, I love that there's that much love for him. All right. Guardians of the Galaxy. Written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Steve McNiven. So they are taking, obviously, what's going to be their next huge movie franchise, bringing it into the comics well before the movie comes out. I mean, you're looking a year and a half between this comic debuting and the movie starting. And putting, I think they have to, And though. putting their A-list talent on it. And yeah. it's the, uh, from what we've seen so far, it's the movie cast of Star-Lord, 
Rocket Raccoon, uh, Groot, Drax the Destroyer, and Gamera. And big, big uh, props to McNiven for giving Gamera clothes, which she's never had. And interestingly, there's somebody wearing Iron Man armor. Yep. Now whether yeah, that's the yes. one that I read that. In. Now yes. whether it's Stark or something it is. else. Okay. No, they, it actually they said, is. Yeah, yeah. They said that they're putting him in space to to deal with a lot of stuff, and that's when I kind of went, "Oh, come on! Look at the cast of the others, and <laughs> really, how much is he going to be able to do there? Apparently, a lot. Because in the original interpretation of the Guardians of the Galaxy, way back when, there's actually an alien race called the Stark, who had <laughs> basically their entire civilization was based around Iron Man technology. So that's okay. why I was like, maybe they're going to go somewhere different. I didn't know they actually said it was going to be Tony for sure. Well, that's what I read somewhere. I could be wrong, but I, I'm almost positive that's what I read. And keep in mind, everybody's favorite comic is going to be starring a raccoon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and rounding out the list with a resounding thud is the new Nova comic. I love Nova until you attach the name Jeff Loeb to it. And of course, art by Ed McGinnis. With just as a new Nova, because the previous Nova was trapped into a dying universe, along with Star-Lord and Thanos, who are both perfectly okay right now. I really hope they explain that at some point. But I'm sorry, I I can't remember the last Jeff Loeb written comic I've even been able to finish, let alone enjoy. Yeah, I'm see, I'm not a huge fan of the character anyways, but then I'm not a, a huge fan of, of the, again, the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, you stuff either. You don't, you don't either, like the so stuff. I do. I do, and I do when it's it's well done. It's just that a lot of this stuff kind of makes me groan. So eh, we'll see. I, Don't you sigh at me. I'm, not I'm allowed to have you. my. I'm sighing at this comic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's what we know so far about Marvel now. And I, I have to say, going into Marvel now, I'm more confident than I was going into the New Fifty Two, just because. Really. Yeah. Just okay. because the, the the talent, like going into New Fifty Two, who did we have? Okay, we had Scott Snyder, we had Jeff Johns, who, I'm, I'm sorry, he's not Jeff Johns anymore. And then who else did we have? We had Leefeld and guys like that. So I mean, here you're talking Brian Bendis, Jonathan Hickman, Rick Remender, Matt Fraction, a killer lineup of artists. So again, based on the talent alone, I'm more excited going into this than I was going into the New Fifty Two. Okay. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I've always been a Marvel fan. I've always enjoyed Marvel more than DC, so that has to factor into my decision somewhere as well. Well, see, I like a good story. Good story doesn't matter to me where it's coming from. Oh, kind of th thing, this so. is true, but I mean, over my decades of reading comics, I've grown attached to some characters more than others. Yeah. Okay, so moving into what we were reading. Uh, first, I want to start off with Batgirl, because uh, as we know, in Batman, uh, the Joker's back, and they're starting this big crossover, uh, Death of the Family, where Joker's basically messing with all of the Bat-related characters. Uh, this was a Death of the Family prologue, where uh, basically only factored into the last three pages, I think. Everything else was finishing off the story. <laughs> Good one. You're, you're just going to roll right through that without even an excuse me? <laughs> I was hoping it didn't you. come across. <laughs> Get my mouth closed. <laughs> oh, man. The entire rest of the comic is uh, finishing off a storyline I hadn't read. And I, I have to say I'm glad I haven't been reading it. Not that the writing was bad. It wasn't great, but whatever. Ed Bennis. Ed Bennis is such a good artist that can't draw a good comic. Like His art is phenomenal, but every single page is, where we've brought this up time and time again, pure cheesecake TNA. 
I mean, oh, he has to pose the characters just right, so you get a nice shot of Batgirl's rear and this character's breasts. And it's there's actually a page in this comic where Batgirl's been stabbed, and she's you know back at home, you know, out of uniform, and she's checking on the wound. So she's wearing bra, panties, and an unbuttoned shirt, which for the purpose of the scene, okay, she's checking a wound on her side. It makes sense. So she's facing you know, towards the camera, if you will. So you get you know a nice shot of her uh, endowments, but she also has a mirror that's kind of over her shoulder. And yet in the mirror, you're also getting a front view of Batgirl. (laughs) Ed Bennis has found a way to draw the same anatomy of a character twice in the same panel, (laughs) even though it's physically impossible for the mirror to be reflecting that angle. So the art just completely ruined it because he is such a good artist. Like look back uh, when we were talking about Red Lanterns, his art was great, but every opportunity, if there was a character with boobs, they were front and center. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, Defenders, uh, which we talked about a, lot, a while back, and I've still been absolutely loving its fraction going insane. And in one issue, he completely broke down the entire concept of the Marvel Universe into one issue as to why all of these amazing people have always been gathered into one place. And it was just cool. Like it's something fun to roll with. And that's Defenders has always been operating on this higher level of, you know, it's just been a blast and huge, huge concepts. I'm loving that one. I'm sad that it's actually going to be ending soon. Cool. Actually, I'll have to give that a shot. And then Wolverine and the X-Men, number 18. Yeah. Jason Aaron is the worst person in the world. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's all you're going with? That's... <laughs> he actually put a post up on his blog thanking everybody for calling him a monster. <laughs> <laughs> like because that means you care about these characters I've created, and you know it's kind of a good point, but you're still a freaking monster. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I actually I wasn't as crazy about that that issue, but again, it was just what I was saying. How oh, the, the, the overall issue was okay, <laughs> but it was again the same thing. I was I'm, I burnt out on on X Men versus you know yeah that uh, thing AVX. So it's like yeah uh, whatever. All right. Well, you got anything for us this week? Oh, I most certainly do. Hold on one second here. I'm going to pull them all up because I, I was talking about the ABX stuff. I actually also read a couple of things that are um, are not the normal Marvel and DC stuff. Um, I read the Doctor Who number one. Did you read that? I, I looked at it and it wasn't I wasn't feeling it, so I didn't really read it. I didn't mind it, actually. I thought the art was was interesting now Maybe if i didn't have the, so much other stuff that <laughs> yeah that's true um <laughs> now i am a complete and utter doctor who noob okay i freely admit it but i'm trying okay <laughs> i started watching a couple of like really classic episodes so i'm going to be working on that but i read this and it was like doctor who's an alien <laughs> What the hell? I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, they have British aliens. Didn't you know that? <laughs> so, yeah, so that was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> the MacGyver number one that we talked oh, about last week. Oh, that was great. That was fantastic. That I was absolutely great. loved it. Absolutely loved it. Marvel Universe versus Avengers number one. Loved it. Although, once again, would have liked you're it making, without Hawkeye. <laughs> you're making me like Hawkeye. <laughs> Borderline, but you're still making me like Hawkeye. And for that, 
I, I'm a little angry with you, um, but I can see where they're going with it. And yeah, good point of impact. Again, we talked about that as well last week. I enjoyed it. Good story. Gritty. I, I really liked it. I don't know about you. Yeah, it, it definitely set up a great murder mystery. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that's going to go. Um, jumping then into the the more mainstream, um, the first X-Men. Meh. I, Number three. I, I stopped after the first issue. I, I just really didn't like the concept. Yeah, I was really not digging it at all. Not like at all. I, I really didn't. Um, and then I got caught up on some um, some Spider-Man as well. There was one other one that I was going to mention. Damn it. No, I can't find it. <gasps> Debris. That's what it is. I'm not familiar with that one. Okay, it's uh, who the hell? It's Image, and it's Curtis Weeb, and the art is by Riley Rosmo, and the art is oh my god, the art is fantastic. But it's this kind of futuristic post-apocalyptic story, and it is really freaking good. Like I really, really am liking it a lot. So I'm looking forward to seeing where the story is going to go from here. All right, I'll, I'll definitely be checking it out. Yeah, just again, something different from the big two, which is, you know, yeah. it, it's we're seeing so much cool stuff coming from the others that I, I, I've i really been enjoying reading not New 52 and not AVX. <laughs> so, yeah, very cool stuff. All right, before we finish up, uh, did you catch uh, the first episode of Walking Dead? No, I have not. It's, so a, I, it's a small improvement over uh, season two. That's what I heard. But, that's what uh, I heard. That is the absolute worst pregnant woman I have ever seen on a screen. <laughs> Plain All and simple. Right. <laughs> you can't miss it. Okay, All so right. then for our new releases today, from Marvel, A-Babies versus X-Babies. That's really the only AVX stuff that I've looked forward to. <laughs> Avengers Assemble number eight, uh, Brian Bendis' last issue on that comic before Kelly Sue DeConnick picks up. AVX Consequences number two, Captain Marvel number five, Dark Avengers number 182, Hawkeye number three, the Marvel Now point one issue, which is uh, going to be kind of kickstarting a number of the stories we're going to see going on in Marvel Now. Marvel Zombies Halloween number one. Uh, every year I look forward to the Marvel Zombies. Mighty Thor number 21, finishing up the Everything Burns crossover. Uh, new Avengers number 31, Ultimate Iron Man number one, a new miniseries they're starting up there. Ultimate Spider-Man number 16, Uncanny X-Men number 20, the final issue there, Venom number 26, and X-Factor number 245. There's actually some good stuff in there. Oh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And a lot of that good stuff involves babies and Hawkeye. Come on. <laughs> What's What has happened to this world? For DC, only stuff I'm looking at is Justice League and Wonder Woman, both number 13, and Justice League is kind of begrudgingly. You know what? I'm curious what's going to happen now with Justice League um, because uh, Jim Lee is also going to be doing the art yes. on the new Superman title. So what's that going to mean? Because he ain't the fastest guy to begin mm -hmm. with to get Justice League out on time. I'm I'm very curious well, what's going to happen he, now. He's only done, I think, six issues of Justice League, maybe less so, out of the yeah. first 12. All right. And then rounding out the list from IDW, Godzilla, the Half Century War, number three and three from Image. We have Chew number 29, which is going to be awesome. Walking yep. Dead, number 103, which we're still kind of holding off on at this point. And it's interestingly, Cyber Force, number one, which is bringing back the old Mark Silvestri comic from God, like 94, I think. But uh, due to the miracle of Kickstarter, the first five issues of this comic are free, either in your comic shop or digitally. So there's no reason not to read it. 
Did you read the uh, Walking Dead Michonne special? No, I didn't. Don't bother. Okay. I see. That's. <laughs> I, I was disappointed because once again we have something where it's supposed to be a special on her. And you get just as much, if not more, airtime for Rick and a story that you already knew and already read. So it's like much more rehashing, only a little bit of stuff that, I mean, we kind of already knew about the character, but it was like, it would have been nice to get a lot more of her backstory. And you really don't get that. Hmm. And they really haven't given anything for her backstory over the, what, 70 issues she's been in? Even more, well, I think. Yeah. And I mean, the the fans do like her, so and she is She's an interesting Wolverine. character. Yeah, basically, yeah, with a sword. Um, but no, it's it's again the parts with her initially weren't bad, though they were nothing spectacular. But I think that it he would have needed to spend a lot more time on her and less rehashing a story about Rick that we've already you know mm-hmm. we've already seen and read. Yeah. All right. So uh, went a little long this week, but uh, still. <laughs> Still less long than last week. (laughs) We'll see about that. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, thank you for listening. You can always find us, of course, at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CBinformer. We appreciate you listening, and we'll be happy to see you next week. This was not 30 minutes. (laughs) What did the the final time for last week's episode come to? (laughs) How long have you been recording? What's the timer? 51 minutes. All right. Well, we're going to have some outtakes to shove in there, even if I had to find some from other episodes. Because, yeah, I think the timer was at 55 minutes. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Watch you hang up on me right now. There's no way you can make it 55. I hang up now. Stop recording.